Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We move on today to verses 21 through 23 of Matthew chapter 16. Now we begin a new emphasis in the ministry of Jesus. Instead of teaching the crowds in parables, he concentrated on preparing the disciples for his coming, suffering, death, and resurrection. It was now only about six months before he would be crucified, and, as we will see, his disciples were not prepared for it. Matthew gives us five different accounts of Jesus telling the twelve that he must go to Jerusalem to die. But in spite of this intensive instruction, the disciples failed to grasp the significance of it all until after his resurrection. Now, here are verses 21 through 23 of Matthew chapter 16, and they read, From that time, Jesus began to make it clear to his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem, and there to suffer much from the elders, chief priests, and doctors of the law, to be put to death, and to be raised again on the third day. At this, Peter took him by the arm and began to rebuke him. Heaven forbid, he said, No, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Then Jesus turned and said to Peter, Away with you, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You think as men think, not as God thinks. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart. Jesus, come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Here in verse 21, we are given the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, was buried, and raised again. If you know this, and by faith believe and receive it, you are saved. This had never been revealed before except to Nicodemus, according to John 3, 1-16. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. The death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, must not be seen as primarily an execution by the Roman government, nor simply an act of the Jewish leaders. Then he would be only a martyr for his beliefs. It must be seen in the light of the love of God for us humans. That and that alone could make him a savior. 
I read an article recently in a Christian magazine which disturbed me very much. It stated that we should not think about God sacrificing his son. That would be nothing more than child abuse by a parent. The writer suggested that such a view of the cross only supported the horror of the current mistreatment of children by their parents. I was appalled at such a comparison, to say the least. I wondered what the writer did with Isaiah 53.10, for example, where that prophet writes that it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Or he was stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. Peter reminded the crowd at Pentecost that Jesus had been handed over to the Jews by God's set purpose. The cross was an integral part in God's redemptive plan. Unless we see Jesus' sacrifice as God's sacrifice, we don't see it right. If it was only an act of men, then it ought to be forgotten. It has no lasting significance, and it was just a cruel, illegal act of discrimination and hate. But if it was an act of a loving God, then it has eternal significance and should be shouted from the housetops. I wonder if that same Christian magazine might soon publish an article criticizing God for directing animal sacrifices. Now I come to the words from Matthew 16, 21 to 23 today. Here Jesus speaks clearly about his death and resurrection and that that is part of God's design for world redemption. Until this time, he had only alluded to his suffering and death. But now that the disciples had confessed to a clear understanding of the Messiah, Jesus was ready to speak clearly about his suffering, death, and resurrection. Here are the words of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. That word began suggests that Jesus explained his death and resurrection to his disciples many times after this. It's hard to grasp the full import of this act of God. In view of what I just said about Jesus being God's sacrifice, I focus on that word must here. Jesus said he must go to Jerusalem, suffer, and be killed. That word must does not simply mean that he himself was so determined. It means that to go to Jerusalem, suffer, and die was a part of God's plan for him and for the redemption of the world. God the Father had determined this trip to Jerusalem, and Jesus would be obedient to him. The fact that Jesus had to suffer and die, the disciples did not understand, and it shocked them. Jerusalem was the killer of the prophets. Jesus shouldn't go there. Jesus said, I must go. When you read the Bible correctly, you must conclude that the magnificent plan of saving the world, which included the cross, was God's. No human could have thought of it. 
Humanly speaking, it was hideous and cruel. Some time ago, I described the suffering of Jesus. Hideous is a mild word to describe it. Crucifixion is a terribly agonizing, prolonged death. I realize that it's tempting to say that God, the most loving Father, would not inflict that upon his unique and only Son. But he did. And he did so because of the hideousness of sin and because of his love for humans, you and I. If we understood what sin did and does to God, then we would understand the necessity of God's sacrifice of his Son. Until then, we can only accept God's own declaration in his word, the Bible. Tomorrow, I'll come back to Peter's response to Jesus. I'll only introduce it here. Peter took Jesus aside, and he began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Peter's impulsive nature shows itself in his vehement language. Interesting. Peter had just stated that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, when that Christ said that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer and die, that that was God's will, Peter arrogantly appeared to know more than God. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. While Peter was impulsive, he also had a warm heart for his Lord. But evidently he did not yet fully understand what the Messiah was all about. An impulsive nature and a warm heart, coupled with incomplete and limited knowledge, produced this arrogant statement from this leader of the disciples. I don't want to be too hard on Peter, but Jesus did say, Out of my sight, Satan. I'll focus more on this exchange between Peter and Jesus tomorrow. Peter was not thinking from God's vantage point. God had a plan for Jesus, and that plan included the cross. Peter didn't want that for Jesus. He loved him so much. I say again, Peter didn't see it from God's viewpoint. In order to save humans, Jesus' suffering and death was an absolute necessity. He came to die for you and for me. There's a line that's been drawn through the ages. On that line stands an old rugged cross. On that cross of Yeah.
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.